Uh, welcome back, Tiger fans. It's before the box score, the uh, coaching search edition. I am Nate Edwards. I am very tired. Um, tonight, we have uh, Brandon Kiley, good old BK, joining us. We're going to talk some coaching stuff. BK, how are you feeling today? <laughs> Honestly, at this point, if you can't see the comedy in it all, I can't help you. Um, it. I'm here for the jokes, I'm here for the laughter, and I'm here for the freakout. And so, when you do what we do, sometimes you just have to appreciate how nonsensical everything is, and we have arrived at that place where everything, literally everything revolving around this coaching search is nonsensical. It's, it's why they call it the silly season, and uh, we are we are fully embracing it. Um, guys, it, uh, Barry Oden's been fired for five days. <laughs> um, five American days ago. Uh, so, it, it, so much has happened that I feel like it's worth kind of tr- retracing our steps and 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 kind of figuring out how we got to this point. So, if you know, based off of reporting from Stephen Godfrey at Banner Society, backed up by several other sources, including Dave Matter and others on the Missouri Beat, um, before the Tennessee game. Barry Odom and Jim Sterk had a little powwow about uh, how the season was going and what Sterk expected going forward. After the meeting, Barry thought he was good as fired, told his staff as much, um, and that was not the case. But in kind of a roundabout, let's call it the game of telephone, um, enough words were said and enough feelings were hurt uh, that his firing kind of was spoken into being. And despite the win over Arkansas, Sterk decided to let him go. He cited all the things that he cited in the press conference, including losing motivation, losing excitement, uh, ticket sales going down, not capitalizing on a good opportunity, and that that was not good enough. So we then ended up with a coaching search really kind of full bloom on Monday where, um, let's see, what was it, Brian Harson? No, Norvell. No. Who was the leader? Who was the clubhouse leader on Monday? Uh, Monday, I think that would have been, at that point, I think we was were it still Norvell? in Norvell okay. land. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it was Norvell for about 12 <laughs> hours and then we realized, oh no, he, he yeah, cause everyone wants him. He can, he's the prettiest bell of the ball and he can, he can pick his, his, uh, his dream job. And yet it sounds like he might not go anywhere. <laughs> you know, it's, we'll see. Yeah. So, I mean, so obviously a lot of this is posturing. Um, some manipulation uh, via agents. Think of like the uh, the Jimmy Sextons of the world, where they're just blowing up smoke to try and get the extensions going on. But we started off with Mike Norvell. We quickly moved to Brian Harson, which most of the Missouri internet seemed to love. Uh, and then Tuesday came around, and Lane Kiffin became the uh, the clubhouse leader uh, as far as <laughs> moving to Missouri. Uh, and then. Just as quickly as he popped up, it was, oh, he was never been in contention. And then we moved to Jim McElwain of Central Michigan. That was my favorite. God, I, <laughs> <laughs> I was convinced he was going to be the next too. Mizzou coach. Like that, the, the other ones, I was like, oh, it's early, it's early. I thought they were going to hire Jim McElwain, and I was yeah, going to crush I was, him. I was very upset because that's the that's the last thing I wanted. And, and I was like, well, that's, that's going to happen. Uh, and then just as quickly, uh, Jim McElwain was not the leader. And then we came up with a, a list today where, uh, as fo- Football Scoop reported, and and I think Gabe kind of also reinforced, we are down to Blake Anderson, uh, A. Norvell, but not Mike. It's Brother Jay. 
uh, and Jeff Munkin out from Army, and 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 apparently uh, the names that uh, Stirk floated. Um, oh, don't forget Skip Skip Holtz. Don't oh, how could Skip. I forget Skip <laughs> Holtz? I'm convinced they were just looking for great last names. Like, they knew every Mizzou fan would be against an Anderson. They knew Monken, like, hey, Todd's done a really great job in the NFL since taking over. He's been a fun offensive coordinator. Maybe his brother Jeff would be an interesting candidate. And then, you know, Holtz, they've got a great family name. I've heard of that name before. Holtz is in the SEC, man. So, um, yeah, but, you know, (laughs) Stirk was told that that was not good enough. Uh, You fired Barry for this is unacceptable, and I guess we're going back to the drawing board. So... Um, BK, you said that McIlwain was the one that made you feel like it was the most real. What was, what was your favorite 12 hour clubhouse leader for the Missouri job so far? I think maybe Lane Kiffin. Cause I was legitimately surprised by the reaction. Like I, I didn't realize how many people would be open yeah. to the idea of Lane Kiffin. And I'm not saying that it's a bad idea. It's interesting to me. Um, I think it could potentially work i think people like the idea of lane kiffin more than they like what the reality of what is the idea of lane kiffin i don't think people the idea of lane kiffin is this really great offensive mind who's young energetic is going to energize the fan base and is going to sell a lot of seats i don't think people really realize that lane kiffin isn't all that interesting he's far more interesting on twitter than he is to actually listen to talk Lane Kiffin is really chill. He's a guy that when you listen to his press conferences, you kind of want to fall asleep. He's more interesting in theory than he is in practice. And I think a lot of Mizzou fans don't really seem to realize Mm -hmm. that. So um, I think he would have done well with boosters, potentially. I think he can schmooze pretty well. I I just don't think that he's what a lot of Mizzou fans think he is. Although I would have been interested in seeing how it worked. I I, I think he can recruit. I, I certainly think that would have been fine. Um, he was my most interesting though. Who who would have been yours? I mean, I was I was obviously pulling for Billy Napier. That was that name was yanked out off the list very quickly. I was very yeah, that was, <laughs> I was quick, so man. sad about that. Um, I was a big <laughs> fan of Brian Harson. Who apparently is still looking to get out of Boise, and I, I certainly understand he's 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 hit his ceiling, I think, uh, in Boise. But um, he, again, he is in a very comfortable position. He can pick whatever job he wants, and if he doesn't want to jump, he doesn't have to. But uh, I would have gone with Brian Harson. Um, you know, Will Healy. I know that one's been a very divisive topic amongst Rockham. God, I forgot about his name. Yeah, it was. Um, that was the quickest one to research because uh, homeboys like had one job, <laughs> two jobs, I guess. Um, <laughs> very quick to put together. And I, I you know, the, the potential is, is all there. Um, but the, the, the proof is, is not quite. And I, I think a lot of people, well, at, at the time that I dropped the preview, people were saying, well, no, we, we got to do better. And now that we know what we actually have, I wonder if people are kind of maybe warming up to young Mr. Healy at this point. Mm-hmm. I think he's really interesting. Um, I think what people think Lane Kiffin is, is actually what Ooh, Healy okay. is. He's an offensive mind. He's young. He's absolutely energetic. I, I mean, you you can watch legitimate oh, yeah. YouTube videos of the energy that he brings in a locker room. I have no idea if it works. I have no idea if 
he is ready for a job like Missouri in the SEC. I don't know if he can recruit at this level. Those are all legitimate and fair questions about him. But I think he'd win the press conference. And as Football Scoop reported tonight, it's the like second to last line in their story from tonight about the Mizzou job. It sure seems like Mizzou at this point is more interested in winning the press conference than they are in oh. winning games. And I think he would win the press we conference. We would certainly grab some attention. That, there's no doubt about that. And mm-hmm. again, the, the quote unquote, the press conference is, you know, that's, that's great to win for what the, the, the following seasons, you know, season ticket holders. I mean, you get, you get a handful of months to, to trumpet around your victory in the press conference. And then, and then it's real. And, you know, I think, see, we go back to projections uh, because I, I feel like, you know, he would recruit well. He's shown that he can do it at, at the FCS level, you know, at, at, the, at a G5 level. Um, you know, Coach Busson today in our Slack was talking about how interesting his uh, Healy's offenses have been uh, in the past. So I think the kid can scheme pretty well. But again, you're given, a, you know, a mid to bottom tier SEC team. Uh, you're handing the kids to someone who's 34 and had two head coaching jobs. Uh, so obviously the hesitancy can be there, but I mean, why why make a splash hire for the sake of splashing when you can make a safe hire? And I know there's no such thing as a safe hire out there, uh, but um, do you think Jim McElwain is kind of being floated around as the quote-unquote safe hire? I think that's actually what they were hoping Anderson would be. Uh, I think they wanted Anderson to be seen as the safe hire, quote unquote, right? Because it fits everything that you would typically see at a power five job. They hire the guy that's been pretty successful at a group of five job. He's an offensive minded guy. Um, Everybody seems to like him. He seems to be a really likable fellow. And Within the industry, people seem to think that he could be a really good candidate for a Power 5 job. And so, to me, like, I, I'll i go ahead and give my thoughts on him real quick. Blake Anderson from Arkansas State, if any of our listeners haven't been, like, totally following up on every path along the way, and I understand if you haven't, um, I, I think he would be a fine hire. I think if Mizzou fans weren't expecting somebody that was going to energize the fan base and get them all riled up and get them really excited... There was probably in 2015 a time when a guy like this would have been seen as a really good hire at Missouri. But for whatever reason, people expected more this time around. And that's fine. That's probably a good thing, frankly, that people were hoping for and expecting more. But I I think it'd be a fine hire. It it, it wouldn't excite me a ton, but I think he would be okay. What did you think about? Because I actually still think he's a realistic option for Mizzou. What did you think about the Blake Anderson possibility? Well, I certainly hope he is. I know having his name trotted out today and like the reaction of that's not good enough. I don't know if that's going to scare him off. Um, I know he seems pretty intent on leaving Arkansas State, kind of move over, restart his life. If you all, um, just as an aside, if you all don't know, his his wife died this past year uh, from cancer, if I remember correctly. And he's kind of looking to revitalize kind of move on and, and restart and I think a, a job a, a job change a change of scenery would, is something that he's really interested in so if if he were to take the job I would be okay with it but I am speaking to you as Nate of Thursday December 5th Nate of many 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 
days ago of December 3rd, I would go, well, we could do better than that, right? Um, but he he's an offensive guy. He's got seven years of experience, head coaching experience. His offenses have always been pretty good. It would not be flashy. It would not sell more season tickets. Mm-mm. It would not bring people to the stadium, but <laughs> nobody goes to the stadium anymore. <laughs> um, but it would be a, yeah, I think that would be your safe hire. Um, he, one of the things with Arkansas State specifically, and this would be my, my big question as far as his recruiting and something that I hope Jim Sterk asks. At Arkansas State, he relied a lot on P5 castoffs. Yep. Super athletic guys who didn't make the grades or got into a little bit of trouble. And he would take them on, bring in some JUCO kids, and then, you know, the four-year players would be your two stars or your low three stars from Arkansas, Texas, Louisiana, Missouri. Um, So in the non-conference, he didn't care who he played in non-con because all he did during non-con, the non-conference games was figure out what he had. And if those transfers and those JUCOs and those younger kids clicked like they did in you know 2015 when they won the Sun Belt, uh, when, like in 16 when they won eight games, or 18 when they won eight games, when that clicks, it works. But you also have years you know, when you only win seven games. Um, and it doesn't work as well. Now, being a Missouri fan for the past couple of years, we should, in theory, be okay with seven wins a year. Um, and, and that's something that I think he could do. Now, I'd be curious how he brings that from a recruiting standpoint, but I think tactically, schematically, um, just as a person, Blake Anderson would be a fine fit in Missouri. I tend to agree. I, By the way, I did find this interesting. Um, he does, if I'm not mistaken, when he was at New Mexico, he was under Rocky Long. He that was. was 20 years ago, but <laughs> if you need a connection to Jim Sterk, Maybe that's where it came oh. from because Jim Sterk was the guy that was the AD, not that hired Rocky Long, but that re-signed Rocky Long at San yeah. Diego State. And I'm sure that he still has his ear and that's somebody that I would imagine he's probably talked to for recommendations at the very least. So if you're looking for where the connection comes in, I think that might be it. I don't know that for hmm. a fact. This is speculation. Sure. Um, so there's that. The other thing that I would add is he's worked under a pretty good offensive mind in Larry Fedora. I know Larry Fedora doesn't have the same cachet today that he did five years ago, but Larry Fedora was once thought of as one of the best up-and-coming, bright offensive minds. And Mizzou, there was a once upon a time when I remember Mizzou fans really wanted Larry (laughs) Fedora here at Mizzou. So that doesn't mean you're getting Larry Fedora, but his offenses have been pretty successful. Um, The other thing that I would add to kind of your statement about how he won at Arkansas State, I do wonder how much of that, and I know Mizzou fans aren't going to like this comparison, but I wonder how much of that was similar to the situation that Frank Haith inherited, where he felt like he needed to win, and so he went with that route, and then he just stuck with it because it was working. Uh, Anderson, when he got the coaching job at Arkansas State, was the fifth head coach in five years at Arkansas (laughs) State. Yeah. This was not a program that had any sort of stability and all of the coaches prior to him went on to take really big jobs and were successful in their time at Arkansas State, but that's not necessarily sustainable. And so I say all of that to say this. I think Blake Anderson could work. I think he's a guy that if he was placed with other names that were more interesting on that final list, 
Mizzou fans really wouldn't have had much of, it, of an issue with it. I think the problem is he was on that final list with two other coaches that no Mizzou fan is interested. Nobody wants <laughs> Jeff Monken, the Army coach that runs the triple option. Nobody wants Skip Holtz that's been connected to every Division One coaching job for the last 20 years. Like, those aren't the guys that Mizzou fans wanted. And so when you're kind of guilty by association on that kind of a list, I think that's the biggest reason why Mizzou fans aren't happy, along with the fact that, you know, he typically won seven or eight games at Arkansas State, and so you question if he could win more than that at Mizzou. Let's uh, let's talk about old Skipper Holtz. Why, okay. uh, in your opinion and what you know, why should we be really mad that Sterk is talking to Skip Holtz? It's a fair question. Um, I think it's as simple as he's never won 10 games at any job. Um, <laughs> like, he's been a head coach for 15 years and he's never won 10 games. Um, I think that's part of it. I think part of it is the last name that Mizzou fans are just like, really, that's the guy that you're going to hire. I, And I think part of it is just like, he hasn't really ever been a serious candidate for any of these jobs. So why of all jobs does it have to be Mizzou that yeah. he's the candidate for? And so I think that's kind of where Mizzou fans come from. Where are you at on that? I I agree. His his record is not sterling. Um, oh, Adam, he actually won 10 games in 1998 with UConn. My apologies. <laughs> So, it's oh, it's been 20 years, buddy. 20 years. Did you do it. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. You don't keep Skip Holtz down for 20 years, okay? The 21st year is when he breaks through. Um, but no, he he has he has done his best when he is out of sight, out of mind. Uh, like UConn. Uh, East Carolina, I think he got better and better at East Carolina. That was, oh, 05 to like 09 10 something like that I, if i remember correctly he did win like nine game nine games for both years at east carolina went to south florida and tanked the program uh but that's when he went to louisiana tech and he gets yeah he gets bandied around for every p5 opening because of his last name um and i think he just does better when he does not have that big spotlight on him obviously south florida is not florida state but it's a little bit more eye-catching than East Carolina. It's a little bit more eye-catching than UConn. And Louisiana Tech, you know, stuck in rust in Louisiana, he has he has competed for and won division titles in the CUSA, Conference USA, uh, something that he has not really been doing all that much in, in his prior career. I know he's mad at the administration for suspending his quarterback this year. <laughs> um, and un- understandably so, that's when they started losing games. But I, I think he is better in a smaller school. And I know Missouri might not be the biggest and brightest of SEC schools, but it's certainly not small. And um, I, I just don't think that he does well with that sort of pressure. I, I would tend to agree. The, the one thing that I would add, I was just, I was talking in favor, basically, of Blake Anderson. And it should be noted, Blake Anderson has not done as well in the Sun Belt as Skip Holtz has done in the Sun Belt. And so... That's probably something that we should, or at that level rather, not in the sun. Sure, but sure. I, that's probably something worth noting. Um, I I don't know, man. I if a, if your coaching search, let me put it a different way. And this is probably a grander takeaway that we can get into a little bit here. If your coaching search leads you to the point 
specifically if you're a Mizzou and you fired Barry Odom, to skip Holtz, something's gone terribly wrong. I, I think it is as simple as that. And that's where a lot of Mizzou fans are because when you're on the initial hot board of the guys that you could potentially hire and Skip Holtz is the last guy that you throw on there because he's connected to every job the same way that I put uh, Troy Calhoun on my watch list at the very beginning because he's connected sure. to literally every job. If that's the guy that you ultimately decide, oh, this is our guy. Well, what? How, how is that? How is that where you ended up? And I think that's where a lot of Mizzou fans are. And that's why today a lot of Mizzou fans are frustrated by the fact that this is where we are. So are we at this point by choice, by, by, by Sterk's ignorance by choice, or is this by circumstance? Man, that, I think it's the question that needs to be answered. And it's the one that I don't know the answer to, so it's hard for me to say anything definitively without knowing. But I kind of came into this in my initial piece, and I want to hear your thoughts on this as well, Nate. Um, my initial piece that I wrote for Rockham Nation, I basically said, listen, the reason why I'm okay with this decision to fire Barry Odom is because I don't believe that Sterk, as a competent athletic director, which is what I believe him to be, would make this move without already having a, if bleep hits the fan, this is our guy and we know we can get him. I don't think he makes that move without knowing that. And so today, I kind of have to ask the question of like, did, did they know? Did they know who that guy was? Mm -hmm. It's possible that guy was Blake Anderson. And then they found out that that wasn't good enough. But why didn't you know that that wasn't going to be good enough? Shouldn't you have already talked to the administration about, hey, my bare minimum of what I'm expecting to get in the search is Blake Anderson. Is that good enough? Like, if that's what I come back to you with, is that going to be okay? And if they tell you no, well, then that should influence your decision on Barry Odom. If they tell you yes, then you can go out there. You know you've got Blake Anderson. You move forward. And in the worst case scenario, you end up with a guy that you knew that you had in your back pocket. And so that's my big question now is, why didn't that happen before the search? Why wasn't that taking place? Why wasn't that communication already had? And if it wasn't had beforehand, it makes me have serious questions about the job that Jim Sterk is doing or about the job that the curators are doing if they said originally, yeah, that's fine. And now, because of the reaction that they've seen, they're saying, oh, no, our fan base will not accept that. So I don't know which side it is, but one of them has serious questions to answer at this point. I agree. I Up until today, I was like you. I believed Jim Stark to be a good, competent, athletic director. And at a minimum, good, competent, athletic directors always have a list of coaches to replace whatever coach in whatever sport at whatever time for whatever reason. That's just what they do, or that's what they should do. And I know that I was freaking out over Lane Kiffin. I was freaking out over Jim McElwain. But deep down inside, there is a little part of me that's saying, okay, this is all smoke. These names are attached to agents who know exactly what they're doing. Jim Sterk and the search firm he hired is playing this close to the vest, super secret. They're doing a great job. These are all things being thrown out because they have nothing to go off of because they're running this search so well. That was my thought until today when the news about the firing of Barry Odom, where it comes out that maybe it, this happened a little sooner than what they wanted. 
um, and that <laughs> the names that they came up with, what that they wanted, that is what they came up with. I am now very concerned that this is not a good, competent coaching search. And it is part of the communication thing, exactly like you said. Where is the communication gap? Who thought what and who didn't confirm? So there's some misunderstanding somewhere, and it's leading to kind of a, well, obviously a very hectic, frantic, and freak out uh, coaching search that the fan base is reacting to, and who knows what it actually is uh, in the athletic department. But part of me is also thinking from a firing standpoint. Now, again, if we are if we are believing what is being said and that this was maybe uh, the firing was instigated earlier than wanted, coaches aren't dumb. They don't follow anything except their sport, or really their team, and then what's happening to their peers. And you, there is a coaching pool out there who was looking at Missouri and saying, okay, so you just fired a guy who in four years had three bowl qualifying seasons and you fired him. I could go there, make, you know, get 20 million guaranteed over six years or something like that or whatever it comes out to be. I could do that. Or I could stay where I'm at and wait for a better job. And if you are good enough to go to a different job, typically you're also good enough to stay where you're at. (laughs) Um, And if you are in a safe spot, and you view Missouri as kind of a place like, well, what are they going to give me? Am I going to get a shot uh, to build my program? I think there's a chance that a lot of coaches at this point, rightly or wrongly, do not believe that and don't want the job. So again, as far as a communication standpoint goes, Sterk thinks he has a little, more, a little bit more clout than what he actually has. And there's a chance that his number one, number two, number three said no because of whatever the program looks like right now. And then he did get to four, five, six, get that list out there and say that was not okay. And if that's the case, then I don't know what to do. And thank God Jim Stark's doing this and not me because I would be completely lost. So it's an interesting point. Um, I would add this, and this is another thing that I mentioned in my first piece that I think Mizzou fans need to realize. And Nate, you I, I, were you the one that said, like, you got you to gotta eat your veggies in your first yes. initial piece as well? Yes, eat your vegetables, yes. So that's kind of where I'm at on this is just like, this is so much harder to do than it was 20 years ago for a school like Mizzou. It's so much harder. 20 years ago, Mizzou could go to any group of five coach that they wanted, basically, more or less within reason, and say, we're going to offer you, at that time, probably, what, $1.5 million, and you're going to sure. be our next head coach. Yeah. And they'd be like, all right, cool, yeah, let's do it, because I'm making $200,000 right now, right? And mm-hmm. I need to be on TV. I need to work my way up. The way to do so is by taking a Power 5 job, whatever that Power 5 job may be. It's going to be more money. It's going to be better recruiting. And it's going to allow me to continue to move up the ladder. That is no longer the case. A guy like Mike Norvell can leverage these jobs that he's talking to right now, for instance, just kind of using his name as an example. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He can leverage these jobs that he's talking to right now to continue to get raises at Memphis until he gets the job that he actually wants. I don't know what that job is. Maybe it's Alabama. Maybe it's Auburn. (laughs) I don't know what the job is that he would ultimately jump at. But there's a job out there that he would jump at. It's just not Missouri, apparently. A guy like Brian Harson, you mentioned, he's in a really great spot right now. He's going to continue winning nine-plus games every year because Boise is an absolute machine. That's what happens there. He's a good coach, and when you have a good coach at Boise, you're going to win a lot of games every year. So why leave? 
unless you get the job that you really want, why leave? He's making more than a million dollars. He's doing really well. He's going to continue being a hot name on the um, searching list every single year. Why leave for just any job? He won't. And this is the place, this is the environment that Mizzou currently finds itself in is, oh crap, these group of five coaches that used to be gimmies are not leaving mm, anymore. Yeah. And you've seen this all across the SEC. This is not a Mizzou problem. This is a Power Five problem right now where the candidate pool is just becoming smaller and smaller for these programs that are anywhere from like the 20th best in the country to the 70th best in the country. It's any of them. It's not just Mizzou. You look at South Carolina, who'd they hire? A retread in Will Muschamp. Yep. Mississippi State, an offensive coordinator from Penn State. Kentucky hired a defensive coordinator at the time from Florida State. Tennessee hired Bama's D.C. Vandy hired the defensive coordinator from Stanford. If you are a Power 5 job right now that is not one of the 20-ish best teams in the country, 20 best uh, programs in the country, you're either going to hire internally, you're going to hire a Power 5 assistant, or you're going to hire a group of five candidate that's willing to leave for your job. And so it's just, we've arrived at a place, Nate, that there are so few candidates that are actually willing to leave for any given job that it almost becomes difficult to fire your coach unless you know you've got one of those guys ready to jump for you. Yeah, I mean, and then the other, you know, kind of contributing factor to this is coaching salaries. Mm -hmm. You know, you mentioned a million would get you the guy that you wanted 20 years ago. Now you're looking at staffs like uh, Clemson's, where every single one of those coordinators is making $2 million because he doesn't want to lose them. So there's no G5 team in the country who can pull them away because it's like, yeah, hey, hey, come to, come to Kent State. We'll pay you $500,000 to get your ass kicked every year. <laughs> They're not going to do it. Why would you do that? You know, but it's the same you know, even for the have-nots in the Power Five. You know, you, it, like you said, it's it's tougher to pull those people away. Alabama coaches, well, Alabama coaches are always looking for new jobs, but they're still being compensated enough that they don't have to if they don't want to. And it's true really across the board. Then you add buyouts on top of that. You have these high-powered agents who are representing mediocre coaches who are able to get buyouts to the point where you can't afford to fire your guy or a school can't afford to buy him out. And it just everything becomes a lot more difficult. So... You're right. I mean, does that mean we go to the FCS? Does that mean we go to G5 coordinators? I don't know. But with It the... means you end up with Blake Anderson. That's not so bad. No, no, That's not so bad. I think it's just it's disappointing for Mizzou fans. And I get that. But I, I think we're, what, we're, what we're trying to do right now is to – we're not excusing the way that this has gone because it's also been a poor search. These things can both coexist together. It's been a poor That's search. True. But also, we are explaining how it became a poor search. We're explaining how Mizzou gets to a place where on Thursday, December the 5th, when we were expecting to be talking about much higher powered names, we're talking about the likes of Skip Holtz, and we're talking about Blake Anderson. And so, like for example, one more thing to kind of add to your point on the, the salaries, Iowa State announced this week that they were going to extend Matt Campbell. Magical. Man, 15 years ago, Matt Campbell would have jumped at the opportunity to come to Mizzou or Arkansas or Ole Miss or Florida State. Mm, he yeah. would have been sprinting at the idea <laughs> of having those as a possibility after leaving Iowa State. 
today is a good program at Iowa State. He's doing well. He's Even if they have a down year next year, he's still going to be one of the top candidates on the market. He mm-hmm. knows he can wait for the perfect job. He's not going to leave for a good one. He's going to leave for the perfect job. And so that just kind of continues to add fuel to the fire of what you were saying. Yeah. You can buy a lot of Taco Bell and Ames with a $15 million extension. Like, I'm telling you. Um, yeah, and I think I, no matter who you are, I think even Alabama, if, if, when, if Nick Saban ever retires, fans are typically shocked at what the realistic candidates for coaches are. And it's obviously going to be way more true for the, you know, middle tier kind of bottom tier teams and power five conferences. Even, you know, just because you're SEC doesn't mean you're SEC. Just because, you know, you got that money doesn't mean you're spending it wisely. Just because you have the facilities doesn't mean someone's going to become running for you anyway. Um, Missouri's in a little tougher spot. We have one city full of talent. We're running a deficit for the past couple of years. We are 13th, 12th or 13th in, in spending for the for the conference. So it's just, it's not as appealing as you, Missouri fan, thinks it is. And that's okay. You know, we are fans because we are fanatics. Um, and, and we're going to view our program a lot, probably higher than most people do. But it's a humbling experience. And then you have a search that's, like you said, not run well, uh, probably a little earlier than anticipated. And then you have some miscommunication where, hey, who I actually want is not actually what you all want. Um, and so here we are. And I would be super cool with, with Blake Anderson. I'm still, still holding out hope that Brian Harson comes to Missouri. Um, but... I, Willie Fritz, can we get that going? What do you feel about Willie? I I think it's a I mean I, I I told you this before the show. We were kind of talking about okay how how do we even frame the conversation that we're about to have because there are so many different twists and turns that we've taken. And I told you like at this point you can name a coach as a Power Five coordinator or a Group of Five head coach, and I'll listen to it. Like, I, I think you can throw everything at the wall that we are ha- out the window that we have heard over the last five, six days and just start anew at this point. Because with what we saw today, um, the curators telling the athletic director, yeah, this isn't good enough. I, I think he kind of has to start over at this point. So I, I'm mm-hmm. willing to listen to anything. I know this is your boy. Go ahead and sell him to me. Well. Uh, our godfather, Bill Connolly, loves him. The dude, the dude has won at every level. National championships at JUCO, playoff appearances in D2, uh, playoff appearance, national championship appearances uh, in the FCS, and he brought Georgia Southern into the FBS, won the conference first year, and he's building Tulane. I know a lot of y'all are crapping on Willie, saying that, hey, he doesn't have a very good record at, at Tulane. Yeah, no one has a good record at Tulane. That's why it's Tulane. It's the smart kids school of the American, okay? You already are recruiting with restrictions as far as admissions go, as far as grades go, and you're still a G5 team. And the fact that he is, you know, his only two losing seasons in his entire career, two of the four at Tulane, but he's still bowl bowl eligible for the past couple of years. He says Missouri is his dream job at this point. I'll take the guy who wants the job. <laughs> Just get give that guy to me because we're we're getting a lot of no's and it's making me sad. So that's kind of where I stand with him. So I understand where you're coming from. I so I'm not going to pretend that I've watched a lot of Willie Fritz offenses. Um, out of curiosity, what what kind of offense does he run? Like, is he? I, I know at yeah. one point he was kind of a triple option guy. Is that still the case? 
so at at Blinn, Juco, at Central Missouri, and at Sam Houston, he was triple. Um, but actually at Georgia Southern, he was straight triple too, with the fullback and slot backs and all that stuff. Um, at Tulane, I did he watch him there. It. I can say that I, I did watch him a little bit at Georgia yeah. Southern. It's magical. Uh, <laughs> Georgia Southern running the option is just is a slice of Americana. But um, at Tulane, he is modified. It's it's a little bit more pistol. It's a lot more shotgun. Think. Uh, West Virginia's offense with Pat White, Rich Rod, okay. 2007, 2008, or I guess 2007. Um, lot of read option, a lot of movement, still fullback out of the shoddy, but um, it's it's still option football, but not triple. So I, I just I don't think that any coach would come to Missouri and run the triple, even Jeff Munkin, even uh, Troy Calhoun. Um, I think they would modify it, um, but I just I hear a lot of Kim Anderson comparisons because they both coached at central missouri just get that junk out of here okay kim was at one school had success at one school willie's done it at many he could probably do it here and like i said he wants the job and he also like the other play everybody compares everybody to kimmy anderson at this point kimmy anderson was only getting one power five slash fbs job and it was going to be at mizzou there was nobody else in the country that was ever going to hire kimmy anderson from ucm Willie Fritz has actually had FBS jobs. Like he, he has, yeah. he has had them and succeeded at them in the FBS. So that's that's a ridiculous comparison. Um, I I think at this point though we've arrived at a place with the fan base. I don't think Willie Fritz would be acceptable. If the names on that uh, list weren't acceptable, I don't think they would deem Willie Fritz to be acceptable at this point. Agree. You know, I I agree. I, I, I agree. I and I. I also warn Mizzou fans, I, I've seen so many of these coaching searches end so poorly because they wanted the name. They wanted to win the press conference. They wanted to be able to put the butts in the seats, and so they went for the guy that had the most sex appeal. That goes disastrously more often than not. Mm-hmm. That almost never ends well. I said this on Twitter earlier today, and I really do believe it. If insert name here right whoever your guy is if jim stirk believes that guy to be the best coaching candidate for the job he thinks he can win the most games here at mizzou he should hire him you hired (laughs) you hired jim stirk to go do this job now let him do the job if he fails that's fine and you'll be doing this again in two or three years If he succeeds, then he did what you brought him to Missouri to accomplish. And so that's one of the things that I'm frustrated by is if you believe Jim Sterk prior to this week to be a good athletic director, and maybe there are some who didn't, and that's fine, then at least you're being consistent. But if you believed him to be a good athletic director coming into this week, well, he did his job. He came back with three names. You might not like him, but apparently he thinks they're really damn good coaches. Go hire one of them. Yes. And if I if I were to hire one, I would say it would be Blake Anderson. It seems like that was the top guy on the list. That makes a lot of sense to me. So that's one of my frustrations about all of this right now is they brought him in here to do a job, let him do his job, he seemingly had done it, and now you're telling him it wasn't good enough. So I, I do wonder what that means long-term for Jim Sterk, but for the micro, like at some point you just got to let the dude do his job. Agree. And the other thing you got to think about is – the longer this thing goes, the worse off we're going to be. Early signing day is two weeks. Two weeks. We've got a 
hire the guy. We've got to have him hire his staff. We've got to have him reach out to the recruits, salvage the recruiting class in two weeks. I don't know, you know, at this point, the longer we wait, the, the tougher that is going to be. And the tougher that's going to be, the more our program is going to be set back. Because in three years, these kids are going to be juniors. And they're going to be kind of the, the face of the program. And if that's a class that is not you know up to our standards, not up to what we expect, that class is going to bring the entire program down. And it's going to make it tougher for us to succeed going forward. And we'll be doing this all over again in three years. So get it done. Because we do, we do not have the luxury that we used to three years ago. So let's start anew. Because at this point, I think that's what they're going to be doing in the athletic department is they're going to yep. say, let's get a refresh, try again, let's see who we come up with. If you today are Jim Sterk and you're going back out there, maybe you re-interview or you re-talk to guys that you had already talked to or whatever, who's like the five names or so the three names, however many you want to get to, and given the criteria that we now have, that it kind of has to be at least a name, doesn't have to be a big one, but a name, who do you think he goes to talk to at this point? Jeez. I think Carson has to be one of them. I was going to say Brian Harson. I think Lane Kiffin has to be one of them. Jim McElwain would be another. God, do you think that would be one? I do. I really do. He's got do. a name. He's got a name. He's got a name. He's going to make. He's going to make an impact, which is better than none impact, apparently. So, I think he would be on that list as well. And hell, maybe he throws Blake Anderson back on there. I don't know, but I think it's Harson, Kiffin, and McElwain. Gosh. <laughs> if, I, here's a question for you. Let, let's say Harson's out. What? Let me read this first. Have yeah. you seen the story from Football football Scoop? Which one? So this is on Brian Harson. I'm reading straight from Football Scoop, which if our, any of our listeners don't read their site, it, they have great stuff. It's great content. Quote, That's why it feels a bit curious to see reports that Missouri seems to think they might be able to hire Harson away. Why it felt odd to us when sources told us that he had interviewed at Arkansas. Why would he take these interviews? At Boise, Harson reportedly makes $1.7 million to $2 million per year. If he wins eight games in a season, his contract automatically extends another year. He's currently under contract through January of 2025. SEC coaches mm-hmm. ret- routinely make over $3 million, many over four. If things fall just right and Arkansas gets in a panic, who knows how much the, uh, the uh, university might be able to offer Harson? After six years, does he simply feel that it's time to move on? Is he underappreciated there? Is he just testing the market to demonstrate to Boise that he's worth more on the free market? Is he recognizing that if he were to accept $4 million a year, he could make $20 million in five years and move back to Boise to live happily ever after? Or is something else entirely going on? We don't know at this point, but seeing his name in connection with other searches sure does make us curious. They don't write that for no reason. I know the guys over at Football Scoop. They are connected with these sorts of things. This is why the site exists, is for this time of the year. And mm-hmm. so it makes me wonder, is there something to it? Is there something to the fact that Harson's just trying to move on? He wants to get one of these jobs. He feels like maybe he hasn't been considered or he wants more money than what's been offered to him. I don't know. But that story makes me think that there's something there. And if there is, that's 
probably the guy that, if I'm Mizzou, would be my number one candidate at this point. He's got everything that you want from Lane in terms of the offensive mm-hmm. background. He's been mm-hmm. super successful at the group of five level. level. He's young. He's energetic. He would sell some seats, like not a ton, but he'd, he'd at least be somebody that you could sell. I think if I'm if I'm Jim Sterk and I go back out there, that's the guy that I go after. You're going to need the money to do it because it sounds like you might be bidding against other teams, but that's the number yep. one guy still. Yep. And if I'm Sterk and I'm saying, hey, I was coming at you with a quality, offensive-minded head coach with experience on a budget, and you told me no. I'm going to go out there, but you need to provide the money, <laughs> the financial backing, so I can get the guy that you want and the guy that the fan base wants and that we think is going to win. Because if he's being told, no, this is not acceptable, also keep it under budget, you can't have it both ways. And I don't know why they, I don't know the reasoning behind the, the no for the first time, but yes, find the checkbooks, hit us up. I got a hundred bucks. I'll write a check. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll make it happen, but you gotta, you gotta loosen the purse strings a little bit because he is, he is going to be in a bidding war. And if this is truly our guy, and I think you and I are both agreeing with that, we got to pony it up. So I'm with you. Um, I, I do one other question that I had for you. Yes. If it ends up, Harson says no, Kiffin ends up going elsewhere, now you're down to either Jim McElwain or Blake Anderson. So you've got Jim McElwain, who's the quote-unquote name, or Blake mm-hmm. Anderson, who in the first time was their top priority, their top choice. Mm-hmm. I think they'd probably at this point probably go Jim McElwain. From your perspective, would you prefer Jim McElwain or Blake Anderson? Blake Anderson. I'm with you. All the way. I agree. And I'm I'm Sterk, and you said no once, and I came back with you know that I'd be like, yeah, we're we're doing it my way. <laughs> this is this is the guy. Um, tr- kind of like what you said. Trust me, trust me to do my job. If it doesn't work out, fire me. That's what, how this whole thing works. This is how employment works. Okay, but I am you know he is putting his stake. He's tying his stake to Blake Anderson, saying, this is what I want. My job is on the line. This is what I'm going to do. Let him do that. Let him. Reap the rewards when it works. Have him punished and fired if it doesn't, but let him do his dang job. I'm with you. I've seen McIlwain fail in the SEC East at a program that is much better than Mizzou. (laughs) Say what you will about Florida. It is an easier place to win than it is at Mizzou. I've seen him fail. It didn't work. It wasn't going to work. It was never going to work. He had issues on and off of the field. It wasn't going to work with him there. I don't believe that it will work at Missouri either. With Blake Anderson, I don't know if it's going to work. But at least I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you don't know it's not going to work. I'm pretty confident that with Jim McElwain, that ain't going to work. Yeah. But with Blake Anderson, I'm not sure. And that that sense of the unknown, for me, at least gives me a little bit of comfort. And I think he's a good guy, and I don't think that Jim McElwain's a good guy. I don't either. He's got big wooden teeth. I don't like the guy. (laughs) And, and sharks. He's not very nice to sharks either. So, wow, we have gone on for almost 50 minutes. Uh, this is almost like a misery recruiting podcast, but it's been kind of a weird week. Uh, is this therapeutic? Has this been therapeutic for you? It has been for me. I Again, I can't help but laugh at this point. Like, I, yeah. I got depressed whenever – it was two nights ago, I think, that Jim McElwain was the name. And that yep. was when I, I had reached the level of depression – now I I have I've gone through the full five stages of grief. I'm at acceptance. 
I am at the laughter and just laughing at the chaos of it all at this point. So here we are about a week into the search and we're enjoying ourselves, man. Um, I'm curious, Nate, before we go. Yes. I want to get you on the record. Who Uh do you think they hire? (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, Based off of nothing at all, they rehire Barry Odom and stick the fingers in the air. (laughs) But uh, yeah, if, if I was a Betty man, I would I would put my money on Blake Anderson. Not a lot, but that's where I'd put it. What about you? I think he's the favorite right now, just to be different. I I'm gonna go Lane. I'm gonna yeah. go Lane Kiffin. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I would like it or not. I if they hire Lane Kiffin, I legitimately don't know what I would write the next day. <laughs> I'd have to write a reaction, and I don't know what my reaction would be. Man, um, that's, I don't know. Hide your kids, hide your wife. Joey Freshwater's <laughs> coming to Como. <laughs> I don't, be, yeah, I don't know either. It would be. But well, I think, I think that's where I'd put my money just because I think at this point they know they need to get a name. And so they do. He, if nothing else, Lane Kiffin provides you a name. God. And we would, we would be talked about, which is something that doesn't happen all that often. So, okay. Well, we will, uh, We'll probably do this again next week and see what other, you know, how the wheel turns. Uh, hopefully the silly season ends for us soon. Um, but, uh, yeah, just keep tuned to rock in. We'll do our best. I got another 15,000 words to drop on you over the next weeks or the next couple of days of the past week. Um, BK, how do people find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter. That's probably the easiest way to do so. I'm at BK Sports Doc. I post any of my work that I do there. Uh, obviously read my work over at rock M nation make sure that you're reading what nate does too he's been incredible with these coaching profiles um and then listen to me on 610 sports radio in kansas city i'm on the two to six show every afternoon monday through friday and then on saturday mornings from 10 a.m to noon you can hear me on the lead off i host that show solo so a lot of different places to do so again you can find it all on twitter at bk sports doc probably the easiest way to do it yeah put bk in your ears put bk in your eyes uh you can follow me at nate G. edwards I'm also on Rock M Nation. Uh, lots of lots of content this week. You can you can pick pick the content that you like, and you can read it. I'll, I've probably done it. Uh, but thank you for listening. Please subscribe. Please download. Please rate. We like all that good sort of stuff. Uh, be good. Be nice. It's the holiday season. The coaching search is crazy, but you can at least enjoy the people. Um, we'll be back next week. We'll be better next week. But until then, as it.